morning, everyone. It's good to see you once again, and it's great to be here together on Easter Sunday. Jesus is risen, and uh, as I mentioned, you know, there, it's been a difficult week, but I think on Resurrection Sunday, we also need to realize that this Sunday is a celebration of God's victory over death, and that means that we can look forward to the glorious light and the glorious place that God has prepared for us in heaven for those who believe. And uh, that song was a wonderful reminder for us of what Jesus has done, not only on the cross, but in raising all of us uh, to his resurrection power. The title of this morning's Easter message is Easter People. And uh, our text is found in Acts 10. If you have your Bibles and, or your phones or whatever you use and you want to turn there. Acts chapter 10. This, this passage is probably uh, maybe the most concise account of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we have in the Bible. You know, usually on Easter we hear the account of Mary discovering the empty tomb. We, we actually heard that again this morning from John chapter 20. But that was just the beginning. Because you see, after the resurrection, throughout the book of Acts and all through the rest of the New Testament, we hear about the wonderful truth that was being shared with the rest of the world. And, of course, Peter was one of the first ones to, to get that word out. Paul and Barnabas did a whole lot after that, and, and then it's been passed on from generation to generation. But in chapter 10 of Acts, Cornelius, who is a centurion from Caesarea, he has this vision in which he sees an angel, an angel of the Lord, instructs him to send for Peter, who was in Joppa at that time, and have Peter to come to his place and to share about this good news that he's heard that has happened to Jesus. So when Peter finally arrives in verse 25, Cornelius, you know, bows down to him and in reverence, and I love Peter's response there. It says, he, Peter just says, stand up. You know, he says, I'm only a man like you. Don't be bowing down to me. There's no need to bow down. But you see, Cornelius, he's excited because they are about to hear this message that the angel has come and told them about. And so Peter shares this message beginning in verse 34 of chapter 10. It says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and who does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was seen by all the people. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses of whom God had already chosen. By us 
who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. One day uh, in the early part of this century, a chief in the country of Malaysia was repairing one of his wooden idols when he told his wife, this is just foolish. He said, here we are worshiping these wooden things, these wooden objects, and yet our hands and our minds are so much greater than they are. Surely, he said, there must be a a higher being or a God who created all of us and all of this that there is. He said, let's worship him. So for 25 years, they went to their prayer room every day, but they prayed to an unknown God. Finally, one day, a Christian missionary came along and introduced the chief and his wife to the Bible, and to Jesus Christ. And when they heard the good news, they rejoiced and they said, this, this is the true God that we have been seeking all these years. We now believe in him. I have to wonder if the path to Christ was much the same for Cornelius here in Acts 10 as it was for the king and his wife in Malaysia, or the chief and his wife in Malaysia. You see, he was seeking God, but he was uncertain about this man that they called Jesus Christ. Undoubtedly, he had probably heard about what had happened down south. He had heard that someone named Jesus had reportedly risen from the tomb after he was crucified. But he was uncertain if it could really be true. And so that uncertainty, you see, is where Peter comes into the picture. Peter was an eyewitness. Peter had seen Jesus before, during, and after. He could testify to the truth of the resurrection. And just before his trip to Caesarea, a very important thing happened to to Peter himself. He had this vision in which the Lord had revealed uh, to him this message or this story that uh, this truth was for all people. It wasn't just for the Jews. To this point, you see, the Jews were careful not not to mix with the Gentiles. And so without this vision from the Lord, Peter probably would not have been open to going to Cornelius's and sharing how he could become a follower of Christ. It kind of put into perspective how, how groundbreaking this story in Acts 10 is. Because it takes, it takes this story of Jesus' resurrection from one group of people and it proclaims it for all groups of people. So, you know, not only is Cornelius going to have to move from uncertainty to certainty, but Peter is as well. 
I mean, Peter is going to have to totally change his perception in order to be a true witness of Jesus Christ. And we see in verse 43 here that Peter becomes certain that this message, this good news, is for all people. Verse 43 says to them, All the prophets testify about him that everyone, everyone who believes in him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Both Peter and Cornelius have gone from being uncertain about some things to being certain that this is the way of God, that this is the work of God through his son, Jesus Christ, and that this is good news for all people and all those who believe in Jesus and the resurrection. All those people who believe will become Easter people. Easter people who not only celebrate the resurrection of Jesus once a year, but people who live in his resurrection power each and every day of the year. The word Easter itself, or the name Easter, has a lot of history to it, really. Even some scholars are not sure how Resurrection Sunday came to be known as Easter Sunday these days. But there is little doubt in this year of 2023 that when you say Easter in the Christian context, you're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not, you know, I won't try this morning to go into all of the, the bunnies and the baskets and the eggs and all that conversation this morning. Those things are fun. They're, they're cute. They're nice. There's nothing wrong with them. But the true meaning of this day must be what we celebrate and what and be what we must talk about with our kids and our family and our friends. That this day is life changing for those who believe in and follow Jesus Christ. As much as we participate in all those other things. We definitely should not forget to celebrate this victory of life over death through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. That's why we are Easter people. But it's also why we should live in that each and every day. What's so amazing about this one chapter of the Bible is that it encompasses so many of the answers that the world longs for even today. Even after 2,000 years, people are, are still trying to figure out the resurrection of Jesus. If you turned on the TV or turned channels much this week, you probably saw several programs that dealt with the facts or the scientific proof or, or people maybe who are trying to discount the testimony of the first eyewitnesses. The reason that those programs interest people so much is that we are a people that want to be certain of what we believe in. We want proof. It's one thing, you know, to see it on the news. It's quite another to, to see it with your own eyes. We're a visual people. We like to see things. We like to, to touch them. At the Community Good Friday service that we just held, uh, was just held on Friday, I shared 
from Mark 15 about the Roman soldier who stood at the foot of the cross as Jesus died. A Roman soldier, one who was probably participating in the crucifixion. And as Jesus died and said, it is finished and gave himself up on the cross, the Roman soldier kneeled and said, surely, surely this man was the son of God. He saw it with his own eyes and he couldn't deny it. But you know what? People have not changed through the years. Let me read John 20, verses 24 and 25. This is an encounter that that happened after the resurrection of Christ. And it says, now Thomas, who was one of the 12 disciples, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Even Thomas, one of Christ's closest followers, would not believe it until he had seen it. But that's, you know, that's what Peter is proclaiming to Cornelius and his household here. He tells the story of, of Jesus in nine short verses. But the most important verse is 39 where he says, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. You know, news departments on TV uh, often will call themselves eyewitness news or, or breaking news because, you know, that's important to people. Um, the apostles were eyewitnesses. They were eyewitness reporters to the greatest news that the history in the universe had ever seen. Peter tells us here that the apostles were eyewitnesses to the signs and wonders which Jesus performed during his ministry. And of course, you know, if you've been watching the uh, streaming drama series titled The Chosen, you have seen what that might have looked like firsthand. Jesus and his disciples. But even beyond what the disciples witnessed in his miracles, they were eyewitnesses to the risen Christ. They actually ate and drank with him after his resurrection. The Chosen is only in season three and hasn't got to that point yet, but I really look forward to seeing that and placing myself there with those first disciples when they came to that realization. You see, even Peter, the one that's telling this, he crumbled and he denied knowing Jesus during his trial. But the resurrection of Christ was the cement that solidified his faith because he had seen it. He saw it firsthand. And that gave him the confidence it gave him the courage that he never could have had before. So what are we to do with all of this today? What are we to do if we are uncertain? How can we move 
from that uncertainty to being certain in our faith. I think for us, that word faith is a key ingredient. You know, we don't have a time machine. We, we can't go uh, into a time machine that'll take us back to those eyewitness accounts that we heard and that we hear of in John 20. But we do have testimony. The testimony of those who saw him and those who ate with him and those who received a new outlook on life after he rose from the dead. But there's even more than that. Not only do we have faith in the word of God and in the testimony of these disciples, but we have seen the work of the risen Christ in our own world and in our own lives. We have seen healing. We have seen encouragement. We have seen forgiveness. We have seen restoration in lives. We have seen the new life that God brings to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And we have experienced his love, his care and his compassion and peace in this life during times of great trial and great heartache. Yes, we too are eyewitnesses. Pastor and author Lloyd Ogilvie says it this way. He says, the most powerful historical proof of the resurrection is the resurrected disciples. Dull, defeated people become fearless, adventuresome leaders. Cowards became courageous. The timid became bold. And you see, hopefully that is what our life testifies about our risen Lord. As much uncertainty as, there, as the world wants to try to plant about the resurrection of Christ, it can never overcome the testimony and proof that's found in his followers. You see, we are the ones to be the witnesses in the world today. We are the modern-day Peter that must stand up and boldly proclaim the truth of our risen Lord. We are the ones who must help people become certain of his power in their lives. So how do we do that? We do it by sharing our eyewitness accounts. You should have seen how Christ healed this friend of mine. I saw it with my own eyes how Jesus transformed the life of a lost sinner. I saw with my own eyes how much, how such and such was delivered from a life of addiction. I was there this week when Jesus came close to a family in their greatest hour of need. And then personally, we need to give witness to what the risen Lord has done for us individually. I have experienced myself, we must say, the amazing grace and power of Jesus Christ in my life. Share that with someone. You see, nothing is more convincing than someone's personal testimony. 
And if we're going to dispel the air of uncertainty in our world, then we as Easter people, we're going to have to share these stories. We're going to have to speak with the boldness of Peter and his friends in the book of Acts and proclaim Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And as we do that, hopefully and prayerfully, maybe we can bring them to the same discovery that, John, that Thomas had in John 20. In verse 26, it says a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. After that happens, Thomas's next words in verse 28 are very powerful. And you, you can almost sense the embarrassment and the awe in his voice as he says, my Lord and my God. He went from being uncertain to certain of Jesus' resurrection. And you have to love that next verse if you are a Christian today. Jesus looks at Thomas and says this, because you have seen me, Thomas, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. We have not seen the physical marks of our resurrected Savior, but we have seen his power. We have seen his work in our lives and in our world. And so what are we doing to give account of it? Are we being the witnesses for Jesus Christ and the power of the Easter story? I'm pretty sure these days that there's somebody out there waiting to hear it and waiting for you to share it with them. Before we sing, he lives, he lives to end our service today. I'd like to ask you to stand if you're able. And as we are standing before we sing, let's say these words on the screen this morning before we have our prayer. Christ is risen. He is risen to God be the glory. Let's do that one more time. Christ is risen. He is risen to God be the glory. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning and we are so thankful for what this day represents. Lord, your power is seen in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would be with each one of us. I'm sure today here we have some who believed, who have believed for years, maybe their whole life. Perhaps today there's some here who have been uncertain, unsure. Lord, I pray that you would speak to their heart. And in a way that, that only you can, that you could bring conviction or convince them that your resurrection is real and your resurrection power can transform our lives in this world. This world can be so difficult sometimes. 
We have so many questions we sometimes don't have the answer to. Lord, we know that you will come near to us in our greatest hour of need. We know that you can deliver us from sin. We know that you can deliver us from anything in our life that is keeping us in bondage. And it's because of your resurrection and your resurrection power that we can be delivered from that here in this world and that we also can be promised eternal life with you in heaven when our life on this earth is over. Lord, I pray over each one here this morning, each one watching online. Pray over all of our families and friends. Lord, help us to be witnesses, eyewitnesses of the power of the resurrection and how it can change a life. This, this news is for all people, not just for us, not just for a certain race or culture. It's for everyone in this world. And help us to be your witnesses in the world. Thank you, Lord, for this day. May we celebrate as we celebrate with family, friends, and so on for the rest of this day. May we have fun. May we fellowship together. But may we celebrate because you live. You live in our world and in our hearts. And it is in your name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen.